engineered, driven, created. listening to the B Velocity podcast and this is episode six. I'm Sophie and I'm Deborah, your host and we'll be speaking to our guest Hannah Gordon. We'll be talking to her about how she became a business owner of a garage, her appearance on Mend It For Money and also I'm keen to talk about some of her classic restorations. Hello Hannah. Hello, you right? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Tired. <laughs> not a day. <laughs> I, bet. I bet you are. Absolutely over the moon to have you on our podcast. How are you? how are things I know you're busy yeah we've picked up again uh recently so uh when obviously lockdown happened everyone stopped using their cars and so trade literally just disappeared overnight so it was and I'd only just bought a business out in the February 2020 so um yeah it wasn't ideal it's probably one of the worst things that could have happened to us I mean it wasn't in my business plan Covid I hadn't really put it in there I didn't realize it was coming up but um, <laughs> I don't think anyone did <laughs> <laughs> so it it just it's been an absolute nightmare it really has uh, your car have a six month MOT extension work from home stay at home so everyone's cars got left at home and it just yeah trade just dropped dropped off big time and then um, so we've, we've kind of muddled through and I've kind of got on with a lot of my projects. So it's been um, it's been quiet, but it's actually been quite busy for me personally. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've kind of cracked on with loads of stuff that I needed to, which has been really good. But uh, for the car trade as a whole, it was one of the worst things that, that could have happened. Yeah, mm. I can imagine. I've been in the motor trade myself and I know when it's busy and when it's not. And, you know, you've taken a massive gamble um, with, with your your business and you should be really proud i think it's phenomenal yeah, i mean and i'm just glad i'm not in hospitality i think hospitality has been hit hugely by it we've been yeah. allowed to stay open the whole time because we're classed as key workers but you know when you've just bought a business and you're going to work you've got nothing booked in it's yeah it's hard and it's been and hopefully now we're on you know we've stayed positive i've got some great guys that work for me and hopefully you know we're on a bit of a way up but it's been tight it's been really kind of financially really tight for the business and for me it's been um you know it's something that I was after for a long time to have my own business and it was very close to being kind of taken away and we're still not out of the woods you know we're still kind of just playing it week by week at the moment yeah it's hard isn't it to nobody knows if this is actually going to be the final you know the final countdown now or if they're just going to change the sticks again so I don't think businesses can survive you know like I said we've been lucky we've been able to stay open but I think 
personally we wouldn't survive another lockdown um with, with the business um and you know a lot of other businesses wouldn't you know i know the government have been really you know really good with handing money out but you know i started the business up last year and if you were new to business or self-employed you've got no help whatsoever so mm-hmm. you know i couldn't furlough my staff to begin with um i couldn't claim anything so literally trade went and we had no help so you know, you still got, you know, overheads for the business are easily nearly 10 grand a month. So when you're not having anything come in, it's, um, yeah, it's, you're just sitting duck, really. Well, we hope sincerely that things um, start <laughs> it's going picking up for you soon. <laughs> yeah, our fingers are crossed for you. Um, yeah, so we've got a lot to talk about. Um, probably best we go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so when did you decide that the automotive industry was a career you wanted to go in and is it true to say that you're self-taught and um, you've learned how to be a mechanic yourself yeah so growing up I was just into cars just loved cars love the sound of them um just adored seeing cars and um you know I loved as a child Lamborghini Diablo that was my favorite car and it grew from there really I don't get it from any of my family. None of my family like us. I've kind of dragged them in a little bit, but it's been, it's a bit of, I don't know where it's come from. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not their child. I don't know, but it's come from like, <laughs> it's come from nowhere. And, um, you know, my dad had classic cars when he was younger, but he wasn't a petrol head. He doesn't know how to fix cars or anything like that. So I basically, yeah, learn. I used to go down a local village garage when I was, about eight I think eight or nine I used to go down there and I just used to help the guys down there hand them tools just just kind of be nosy and find out what they're up to and it just went from there really so every school holiday I was down there helping out and and then when I got my first car when I was 17 I worked on it and it was something that I just picked up really quickly and yeah I've got I mean I've literally only just done my first qualification so I've been a mechanic I'd I'd say probably about 15 years now I've been a mechanic and I've just done my hybrid electric course so I'm qualified in that but that's the first qualification I've ever done and um, so it's quite an unconventional way of going into it but it was um, it just you know fitted kind of my lifestyle I picked up really quickly I had some really positive people around me and some really kind of patient people as well because it's not easy um you know you're trying to fix cars and you've got to try and tell someone what to do and overlook their work and it isn't easy so I had some really good people around me that helped me and I've met some incredible people on my journey and to be honest not having the qualifications hasn't really held me back which you know I, I'd still advise to get qualifications because it's probably easier but um yeah and no, I've had a, a really good journey through the the car industry yeah but I bet they loved having a spare hand to help really yeah they didn't have to get out from under the cars I'd just be like <laughs> they'd be like oi pass us a spanner so I just love the whole I mean I wasn't in a particularly banterish garage in the village you know I was I mean there was jokes and things like that but it wasn't you know sometimes what stereotypical garage is like but it was just a nice atmosphere to be around it was relaxed it was sometimes you know because working on cars is frustrating it's it's mm. not easy and um, but it's just a nice atmosphere I love the kind of teamwork that's involved I love talking to the customers I love being able to challenge myself and fix cars and it just for me you know I have been in other jobs in between the car industry um I was in the London Fire Brigade for nine years 
but I was also um, still doing the cars alongside that. But I mean, it sounds strange, but the, the fire brigade just didn't challenge me in the end. And I found my way back to the car industry um, because it just constantly challenges me and pushes me to be better. That is interesting. I don't think there's many fire um, women or men that would say that it doesn't challenge them. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange one. I, it's, you know, it's a great way. job yeah yeah it was, it was a great job and I'm glad I did it and I met some amazing people did some amazing things and and learned a lot but I was always still you know it still allowed me to be near enough full-time in the car industry and um but it just I got stuck in a bit of a rut with the fire brigade um and for me it just yeah I'd, I'd be going to work and some days you you wouldn't get a shout and it would be like I felt like I was wasting my time sometimes um whereas with the car industry you know today I got to work at eight um and by the time, you know, I stopped, I'd missed lunch and it was like four o'clock and it just goes so quickly, you know, it's, it's just constant. And I, you know, I learn something new every day with the car industry, whatever it is, it's just, there's always something to learn. And that's what I love about it. I agree. Cause I, um, before I started the job that I'm in now, I actually worked in a service department and the, the guys, just the mechanics were just so helpful because it, I, was customer facing so I was relying on them to tell me what the problems were with the cars and then I had to relate that to the customer um and it is do you know what I spent most of my time in the in the workshop because I was just so interested in how the car works and so it was for Hyundai and as soon as I got put on some courses as soon as I learned suck squeeze bang blow that's it everything comes together then because that's kind of like you're starting basics um mm. and it just fascinated me but I've yeah. all, I personally have always had a love for cars from a, from a young age myself but for me it's I'd say it's definitely in my family so We've had a few interesting guests that have said, oh, I don't know where it's come from or, (laughs) you know, it's been inherited from the family. So, no, it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. We've seen that you've appeared on Pop Band Colour. Love the car, by the way, because I love green. Um, You've done Zoom Zoomers and Rev Limited, amongst many Mm -hmm. other things. But we want to talk to you about being on Mend It For Money, which is on Channel 4. So how how did that happen? Uh, So I was... I was, it was a long time ago. I mean, Mend It For Money came out, properly the first series came out. It's just it's just finished, actually. It was February yeah. um, that it came out. But I actually filmed it back in, so I filmed the Porsche back in 2019. So I got approached um, off Twitter. My Twitter handle's Female Mechanic. And so the nice show, luck. we're looking for mechanics. <laughs> You've got to get a few in, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, yeah, I, I got, they found me on Twitter and they wanted a mechanic to do with classic cars. And the show kind of format did change a lot. Uh, the Porsche was actually filmed for a pilot that we did and the pilot was released in 2020. It was um, accepted quite well by the public. So they went to full series and we filmed the series in end of 2020. So, um, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it's the first bit of TV I've done. It were, the, the show is based on finding restoration items, whether they're antiques, furniture. You know, we've got the cars in there. And, um, yeah, we... The Porsche was the first one we did. It was the one that I restored. It was transported. We did all the filming up in Glasgow. 
So we had to fly up to Glasgow and pitch it. It's a bit different from kind of the other TV shows. Mm. There's myself and Hammer Restorer where we pitch against each other and to win the, the job and we try and get a percentage out of it. But it's actually, you know, quite difficult because with any classic cars, you haven't actually got clues to what's lurking behind it. So it's, even though you say percentage, it is a bit of a guess because you could unearth a hell of a lot of stuff that you, you know, you just can't fix for that time frame and price and things like that. But it's, yeah, it's a, a restoration show with a bit of a twist. We did, um, there was an MGC, uh, a Golf Mark 1 GTI, and then the Porsche. So uh, Sunjay, the other restorer, he restored the MGC and the Golf, and I got the Porsche. Nice. Were you happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got the best car. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a... Um, I, I've worked with a lot of Porsche. Um, I've worked with a lot of MG as well. I'm doing MG at the moment, but it's the mark one golf he does mark one golfs and he sleeps so that was one that personally i didn't want to win because as much as you know you want to win a story you also want the car to be restored by the best person and i think it's important when you are restoring something that does need to have a full respray you know and needs to be mechanically done properly you should have a restorer that can do that and Mm. it was definitely you know, I've never done a Mark 1 GTI. So uh, for me, that wasn't a car that I felt I should have to restore. But, you know, I did want the MGC and I, I didn't get that. But, yeah, I got the Porsche. So did you want to keep it, though? Did you want to keep it? Um, I'm not. So the 928 isn't. Yeah, because it was a Porsche 928. I'm not a huge fan of 928. I've got a 911 um, and I think the 911s are the best. <laughs> so... It's, um, yeah, it's the front engine, you know, the five litre V8 that it's got in it. And um, it's, it's not my cup of tea, to be fair, the um, nine to eight. But it's got a market and I can appreciate any Porsche. They're so well engineered that, you know, any Porsche is a brilliant car. Nice. <clears throat> and um, you've been collaborating with Claire Collins as well on her YouTube channel, Cars and Bras. Love the name. Um that would be a great podcast episode as well. And how did you meet Cleo? Um, so through um, like Instagram, I think with any social media now, you can meet anyone. It's Because when yeah. I first started in the car industry, I didn't know any girls in the industry whatsoever. And it's only in the last, I'd say last two years that I've realised there's others. And that's all come about through through social media and seeing that you know there are others that are doing really well and doing some great things and um Cleo's just started her journey into um, like motorsport and cars and things like that and um we got chatting on Instagram and I said you know if you want any um any help with anything or you want to work on cars um to be honest I just want some free labor to help strip the MGB but I haven't told her that but <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> no, she came down uh, to the workshop a couple of times and um, we did some, because, you know, it's it's good to work on even any car, you know, just to get to know the working. So she came down, helped me strip all the MG out back to the bare shell. We've done um, a few videos on the Mini that she's got, the track Mini. Um, she's done a video on the 911 um but no she's she's doing great with with the motorsport side of things and 
it's you know I mean I'm not jealous or anything but there's so many opportunities now for you know anyone in the motorsport injury in industry or, or any car industry you know you can go and work for McLaren F1 any of the Toka people and it's oh, the opportunities are just unbelievable it's it's such a cool world to work within so and um, yeah, I'm slightly jealous that, you know, I mean, to be honest, I've, I've not always been into the motorsport side of things. I'm happy with restoration and cars and promoting the, the repair industry to people. But yeah, motorsport is pretty cool. So <laughs> I might have to go into that industry next. <laughs> we won't that. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely say when I, you know, before when I was job hunting, there was um, there was a lot of mechanic jobs. It's it's a it's a frequent thing that I see even like on weekends race mechanic needed you know um mm. is that something do you think you'll sort of end up in motorsport or are you just gonna stay as you are yeah I mean it's, it's difficult because you can get to the point where you, you're just doing so much um stuff you know I, I I've just done my hybrid electric qualification so I can now do more modern things which I never looked to go into initially but it's such a great opportunity and I know a lot of workshops won't do it because they're, they're completely stuck in a rut. Uh, a lot of garages are owned by, um, I mean, it's going to sound quite stereotypical, but they're old, owned by old guys who don't Dinosaurs. want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't want to adapt and they don't want to move their garage forward. And I saw an opportunity to train in that and we're starting to market now to go into more of that. The motorsport side of things it's so interesting, you know, the technology that goes into it. Um, but personally, I like to work on the whole car. And I know a lot of motorsport is very kind of, you have the aerodynamics team, you have the team that look after certain parts of the car. And I, I'm in awe of it, but I'm not sure I'd want to be part of it. As in, I mean, I'm happy to pick crew for anyone at the weekends and give them a hand and, you know, things like that. But as far as the technical stuff goes where it goes in depth and it's a lot more hands-off then probably not no I'm, I'm happy just to watch it that makes sense yes fair comment probably agree um I'm more <laughs> I'm more classic cars myself um you know I go to Goodwood Revival a few times so you know yeah. if you want to swing with the classics still you know there's opportunities of classic cars. I'm always yeah. in with the classics I love yeah. a good dress up at Goodwood Revival as well oh <laughs> it's how incredible is it like just oh, dressing no, yeah. up and then being there it's, it's i've done it, it i've done it twice now and i think i get more excited about dressing up yeah is it i think last time i went as um i had like an army old army outfit on and it was woolen and yeah. it started to rain so i think i gained about 10 kilos in rainwater because it was <laughs> on my woolly army kit but it was um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just brilliant. I just, I miss car shows. I really yes. miss the car shows. I miss seeing people, seeing their crazy cars, seeing the crazy people, um, even just uh, just being around it all. You know, it's, I went to Bista last year. It was the only car show I went to last year and it was really well run. It was outdoors and um, yeah, hopefully we can get out and about and, and actually kind of share each other's passions and things like that it's, it'll be so good for I think for just for everyone's mental health to go out and talk to each other as well again and actually see mm. people face to face instead of four walls yeah. so that'll be nice yeah um, following on like from some of your your appearances on tv um and you, youtube channel 
have you got anything else in the pipeline or are you just gonna focus on your business at the minute and then obviously pester Cleo when you want something doing and then you film it <laughs> um the yeah so the YouTube um so I've kind of dabbled a little bit of YouTube in and out it's I mean the thing is you know I'd love to put a video out every week on YouTube but it, sometimes it's just not you know when you're you're working on cars there's it's oily and dirty and you're trying to ta- like camera get a camera and record everything and then I hate editing it all together you know if there's anyone out there who wants to edit my videos and <laughs> but it's um it's just it's just yeah I do enjoy doing the YouTube stuff and the MG is an ongoing project which I'm hoping to film more of um because that is something that's just different to anything else I've ever done the 911 is um an ongoing project i'm doing some more filming on that tomorrow because that's running quite rough so i've got to do a bit of work on that there's going to be a actually myself and cleo are going to brands hatch on the 12th of april to do a track day so that'll probably appear somewhere on youtube um and we've yeah we've generally done bits and pieces like that there, there are some stuff there yeah there is some stuff in the pipeline but i can't really say um with Fine. some tv yeah. stuff yeah, um, i've had i'm sorry i've had i've had <laughs> something so i can't say much but it's it yeah it's something that is i never thought i'd do with the tv thing um but i really enjoy it it's something different and i'm just someone who craves challenges so it's um it's nice to have the business and also that and have everything going on at the same time you know i work seven days a week 10 11 days 11 hours all day I just love it (laughs) um and so yeah it's just I'm trying to concentrate more on the business as well because I need to market and grow and be an adult and and things (laughs) like that and then I look at the MG in my workshop and I just want to be a kid again and just work on that and make it as mad as I can so it's personally because I think of how I am I do struggle a little bit with business stuff because I just bounce off the walls with ideas but I've got to actually kind of get my head together and things like that but um no the business you know the business is doing really well and it you know after what we've been through so it's um yeah it's, we've just got to kind of keep going with it I've got to try and adult a bit more <laughs> I like that adult more um do you have any dream collaborations at all if you was to work with someone what on youtube or just in general well it can be youtube or in in general because um, i know if i had the opportunity it'd be helen stanley <laughs> I, know helen. He- I know helen <laughs> I, yeah helen's lovely she's really nice um she used to have a workshop next door to one that i used to work in um and things like that and i've met her a few times at the um uh, auto sports show and things like that and I keep saying to her let's do something let's do something wild on there because she does like YouTube and podcasts and things like that so um but collaborations um I don't know it's not something I've ever really thought about um I don't know I just want to do mad stuff I'm just really into kind of the project side of things at the moment you know I want to build an electric rear-wheel drive car um, that's really quick. So anyone who wants to kind of collaborate with me on that, who can provide the funds and I'll just provide the uh, expertise. <laughs> I can make tea. I can make tea. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just anything car-related mm. that's fun. I'd love to do like a tour, like a European tour or a 
world tour, something like that, just something crazy. Um, just where you go and drive and do, yeah, crazy stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really thought about anyone in particular. Keep thinking. I will do. <laughs> I might have an answer by the end of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you could tell us a bit more about um, your business venture, which is SPA Motor Company, um, just give us a bit of information about that. Yes, yeah, so we are based in Newmarket, Suffolk, and I bought it in February 2020, just before the world imploded. And um, it's a, yeah, it's a four-bay workshop. Um, over lockdown, I've had loads of work done to it. We had all new MOT bay installed because there wasn't one. So we had all that installed. I've changed like decorated bits of it um changed bits of it tried to clean it up a little bit um and just try and get it the focus was on um it was already an ongoing business but it wasn't where I wanted it to be the values in my eyes weren't where I wanted the business to be either so we changed the website we changed some of the marketing materials we've really focused on customer service and offering you know, customers the best possible interaction with us that they could have. You know, the car industry is has an awful reputation. It's um, seen as particularly dishonest and it's really unfair because there are a lot of garages and the majority of garages are really honest, are really helpful and will do anything for their customers. But there are obviously people that don't and who are... Mm-hmm you know, not repairing cars properly and not MOTing cars properly and, you know, giving people bills that are huge or not, you know, it's, you get it with any industry, but I think the car industry gets a really bad rep. And so I really want to focus on providing a really transparent service to our customers and showing them that, you know, if, if we have to, we show them the parts that we've taken off. We try and talk about the the repairs that we've done um in as much plain english as possible because cars are such complicated machines they are you know and and i don't expect people to know how they work but if we can just help you know some people realize that what we've done has led to this and this is why we've done this and this then i think you know we can gain a little bit more trust we you know we try and bend over backwards you know for a lot of our customers we especially during covid we offered uh, where we collected the car and dropped the car off so they didn't have to leave their home and yeah we're trying to build up just a really good business model that will you know stay true and reflect how we want the car industry to go um you know the plan is that i buy more car workshops you know this isn't the only one i want to buy i am looking to buy further ones and just to make it a little bit more friendlier for the customer. You know, I know a lot of women don't want to go to the garage and I can understand why, because it's daunting and it can seem quite, you know, it's, it's, they're not always the nicest places. You know, you've got people there that I don't know. It's the car industry needs to have a good look at itself in my opinion, because you know, every, nearly everyone drives cars and everyone needs to get them serviced and everyone needs to get them repaired. And they should be offering a service that reflects that instead of offering a service that actually doesn't see to the customer's needs and doesn't make them feel comfortable. And so it's, it's a long road to kind of get into that way. But I think 
car the car workshop industry is getting better you know it's it's not no longer you know good enough to have a backyard garage that's filthy and oily and you know there's no waiting room and there's nowhere for someone to sit and read magazines or have a coffee or you know talk to the mechanic those days you know thankfully hopefully are dwindling out a little bit you know we need to provide something for people where they can you know come along feel comfortable we can talk through what the problems are with their car we can discuss a solution and then we can offer a good value service and that's kind of where I want to go with with this company and also with the other companies that I'm looking to buy I think I think you're right there I think you know because like you say you know cars are essential and so many people have them but so many people don't know much about them and so when you're handing your car over to the dealership it is you're literally putting your you know the bread the bread on table and saying you know help me with this and um I think the minority of dealers who sort of have an issue have have taken advantage of that they know that you don't really know what you're talking about they know that you they they have to trust you and it's yeah it's hard I mean have you ever thought of doing an all-female mechanics garage that you're um, onto there? there is actually one in London and the reason yeah. why I wouldn't do it is because I I believe that it's I want I don't want it to be seen as um yeah I've always shied away from having all female anything um because I've never felt out of place in the car industry and I wouldn't want to have a business where I only included one sex um I would want a fully inclusive business I believe that men bring a huge amount to any industry as much as women do and Mm -hmm. I've never had any even through you know the male dominated industries I've worked in I've always felt it's very important that we have a bit of a mixture of big of things you know I will never be as strong as a guy there's things that I can't undo today I had to get one of the guys to undo something for me you know it doesn't make me feel inferior it just means that um I know where my strengths and weaknesses lie and there's some things I'm better at that guys aren't and um so yeah I I would never have an all-female garage I would always I would always promote that the you know I I wouldn't have anyone working for me that was ever rude to customers the guys that work for me have always got to be polite to customers that is one of the main things for me is to be um welcoming and polite because Mm -hmm. I think with any industry customer service is huge Um, But going back to kind of the, you know, even when I've gone to dealerships or so I keep quite quiet if I go to. So my friends will get me to go and if they want to go and buy a car, they'll get me to come along with them. And I actually stay quiet and I don't really say anything. I let my friends or whatever um, see what car they want, talk to the, the dealer and things like that. But I've heard some absolute lies come out of some people's mouths and it gets the point I can't keep quiet anymore and I won't name the brand but I've had a full-blown row with a manufacturer in their showroom because he called me a liar (laughs) Um, and I also had I had a recall on one of my cars and I had to take it in and I'd done a service on it the week before and so I, I knew kind of what was going on with it and it came back and it, all it was in for a recall, but they actually did a check on it as well. And they said, oh, it needs brake pads. I said, no, it doesn't. And then he started 
like calling me a liar and um, things like that so I, yeah we had a bit of a discussion and I said well you better go and get my car because you know I know it was service last week I know I don't need brake pads and then he shouted at me down the road don't blame me if your brakes fail um oh, so man. I think because I'd I'd <laughs> I don't know because I'd spoken up about it he didn't like it and things like that but mm. it's just the dishonesty and it's the the pulling the wool over con- like consumers eyes which is just so bad and it's something that I really want to stamp out the car industry but I think it will be something that will take a very long time if ever to to get rid of it because there are so many people that are willing to do a really poor job and let people drive off with a car that really shouldn't be on the road. Yeah, there's a story I've seen online circulated. I don't know how accurate it is, um, but it's something along the lines of this this chap went with his female friend who was actually like a a motorsport mechanic um, and it was to get her car done, I think. And the the garage was like just talking to him Mm, and just didn't seen that, yeah. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. 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 It's just brilliant how, you know, just absolutely put them down. I love it. Yeah. I get people come in and they'll say, Can I speak to a mechanic? And I'm like, Yeah, you are. (laughs) You are speaking to mechanics to me. Um, but I don't blame people for that because you don't expect to probably see it. So for me, that's not them being horrible. That's just them not expecting it. Um, so it's it's never a problem. But yeah, it's the car industry is predominantly male. So people yeah. expect men to know about cars. You know, if you ask my dad about cars, he wouldn't have a clue. So a lot of men don't actually have any idea about cars. Um, but it's, it, it is changing. There are definitely more women getting in the car industry. So I think it's it's um, it is going the right way that's good i generally like car shopping because like yourself i think because i've been in the industry myself because i used to work in um so i've done new and new used car admin and the amount of times i've gone to buy a car because i know about the paperwork side in the back when they start like talking about costs and stuff i'm like all right so how much was on the so-and-so and they're like what how do you know that I was like I've worked in the industry for long enough I know what I'm talking about I know what I'm looking for and sometimes even if you've got like a little bit of knowledge they start tuning in with you um I've had some people try and take me for a bit of a mug and I'm like ah no 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 Uh, I kind of know the basics and you know the industry does need to change a lot um, when I see girls in service departments, or even if I just go into the into a garage, I always make it known that I've worked in the car dealership, and I de- generally make that rapport with them. So when I do keep, you know, repeat business, at the end of the day, for me, if the cost is quite high, I'm still willing to pay because I'm still getting the service. That that's that's just me. So. I very much agree with you on the customer service side of things. But yeah, the, the industry's still got to change and it's still got some more work to do. But yeah, it's it's a difficult one because, you know, it's down to the individual. Um, so obviously, if you can get a good reputation already, obviously, if anyone needs their car looking at, you know, <laughs> down to <laughs> SPA Motor Company, you know. Yay, yay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a bit of a plug check out the there. website. Yeah, check out the website. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, talking about 
about industry change? I know you mentioned that you've sort of just been um, trained in EV. How, what are your thoughts on how that's all going? Because to me, it's um, it's baffling my mind how quickly it seems to be snowballing at the moment. And I can't, especially with classic cars, I mean, that must be really hitting home for you. Yeah, so I, I actually, I used to write for an online women's magazine and I did a, a group test. This must have been about three or four years ago on electric and hybrids. Actually, they were all hybrid uh, vehicles and they weren't great to be honest and in that short space of time to now they have absolutely I mean the technology has improved hugely it's unbelievable how quickly they're evolving and how user-friendly they now are and I have no doubt that the uptake on electric and and hybrid vehicles will be incredible um, the infrastructure isn't quite where it needs to be. I mean, when I tested them back four years ago, um, the infrastructure was terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, I remember I was driving to London quite a bit and I had the Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid and it was so uneconomical. I went back to my Land Rover um, because I just was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I can't drive this. I was in the petrol station every day with it. So electric and hybrid vehicles are brilliant for the consumer they are one of the best things i think that's come out of the car industry for consumers are electric and hybrid vehicles um diesels were completely oversold they were sold to the wrong people they were sold as a clean alternative and all the manufacturers did everything the government asked of them and i i drive a diesel because i've had it you know for about six or seven years and, you know, I do quite a lot of long journeys. So for me, it's economical and I can fit everything in it and it's a big four-wheel drive and that's why I do it. But if I didn't have to have it, I probably would go for an electric and hybrid. The issue comes with if you're a petrol head, it's probably one of the worst things to ever happen. Um, you know, you don't have the sound, you don't have the smell, you don't have the feel of the car. It's very sterile. Um you know, I had a bit of a discussion with someone on Twitter a little while ago about EVs. He, he's one of my good friends and he says, I can't understand what's so good about EVs. I think they're a disgrace kind of thing. And I said, well, to be honest, they're not for you anyway. You're a petrol head. You, they're, they're not built for you. You know, the Tesla is unbelievably quick. It's mm. such a quick car, but it isn't made very well. And um, it will probably improve with the way it's made. Um, but the technology is still brilliant on it. And yeah, it's made for people who, you know, a lot of people maybe don't travel as far. You, you plug in, you know, I think you can get two to 300 miles now from an electric car. So for the consumer who just literally wants to jump in a car, drive to work, drive to see their friends, family and do bits like that, the electric vehicle is perfect. You know, the, mm. the upkeep and the costs, um, I know obviously electric vehicles are generally a lot more expensive than their petrol kind of counterparts but then over the over the space of how long you own it for you know you're saving on tax you're saving on going to the petrol station um and probably and also maintenance because electric vehicles don't have fluids so you're not getting an oil change you're not getting you know most cars don't have power steering fluid anymore some of them don't have antifreeze because the batteries are cooled in different ways so servicing an electric car it's going to be easy 
it's you you know you look around it have a check of it it still have suspension brakes but it's such an exciting development i think for the car industry and i know there's still a lot of people that don't agree and that's completely fine you know there's um, hydrogen as well hydrogen fuel cells also making um a bit of a name for itself but the car industry always just it just evolves so well yeah there's no other industry like it you know they're asked to do something and they do it and then they just keep on making it better and better and you know we look at cars now and you look at hypercars and they are so quick you know they're too quick we can't even drive on the roads anymore they're too quick you know they don't even go out third gear because they're so quick but the technology i know it comes from a lot of motorsport as well but it's it is just amazing but the the electric and hybrid cars i think consumers will buy them in their droves i think it will just be it'll be instant um i think there'll be a real need and want for them because people are becoming more they want don't want to be seen as driving something that is giving off harmful gases um, and polluting the world. So I think we'll see a lot of electric vehicles. I think there's going to be huge, huge amounts of cars being bought. And you save money on uh, the snacks you don't buy at the petrol station. So it's a win-win, really. Well, I don't know, because <laughs> you've got to wait 20 minutes now, haven't you? So you might buy more snacks. <laughs> yeah, just go to the service station, go into KFC instead now. <laughs> yeah, buy a whole meal. <laughs> <laughs> The main manufacturers that like stick out for me, I'm going to mention Toyota because I think they've done um, a fantastic job with the the Corolla and the Yaris, for example, because mm-hmm. they'll be looking at putting them into the British touring cars. Um, well, I think there's Next one year, thing. I that, think, isn't it? Yeah, because um, I know the Toyota Corolla is already in the championship. But when they were doing the testing on the hybrid, I was just astonished how quick it was for mm. a car. I mean, the Tesla is, you put that in the Tesla in ludicrous mode, you can't even get your head off the seat. Yeah. It yeah, we is. had one. We had, I used to work for a driving experience company. So we had like Lambos, like everything. We had some classic cars, but mostly it was sort of supercars. And then we mm. had the Tesla, the ludicrous, and like, the bookings for that were through the roof because everybody just wants to experience the it's almost like out of this world you're like how can something go that fast and not make any noise it's the weirdest thing it is really and the power is instant it's literally there um i mean yeah the the tesla is unbelievable and you know it's such a popular car and and i can see why it's you know it's one of a kind would have I have one? These? Potentially not. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't. I've seen underneath one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe the one I saw underneath wasn't. I ju- I'm just not impressed with its build quality. Um, That's fair. For enough. me, it needs to improve. For a car that that costs that amount of money, I think the build quality does need to improve on it. But the basis and how far they've come from nothing is truly incredible. Um, you know what Elon Musk has done with Tesla is is on another level you know you don't get car makes that come from nothing you know you look at all the car makes they've been around for years and suddenly Tesla comes along and sells out of all its cars and builds its electric it it's unheard of do you think there could be any other manufacturers that could compete with that at all Um, or do you think yeah or do you think they're still a little bit behind um 
I think all manufacturers now obviously do have hybrid and electric cars in their range because they've got to. The I suppose the, the nearest competition to the Tesla is the Taken, the Porsche Taken. Um and That's then quick. the Audi. Yeah, the Audi e-tron Quattro comes out, I think, next year. That looks wicked. It won't take long. You know, we've had hybrid around for so long. The LaFerrari, the McLaren P1 is all hybrid, 918, and they are unbelievably quick. So I think Tesla has its market, has a huge market. It makes it difficult for us independents, though, because they don't want us to touch their cars. But, you know, there's, there's a few independents out there that have got access to certain things with the cars. But, yeah, you'll see soon, you know, Audi and Porsche have done it. I mean, I know they're the same group, but you'll probably get Aston Martin will come out with something equally as good. Um jag you know i know jaguar are doing stuff bits and pieces so they'll all start to really you know their re- research and development costs of cars is, is huge mm. but they'll all start to bring something out sooner rather than later i think but um the performance is incredible but for me it's not got the same feeling i think once you get rid of hydraulic power steering you lose the feel of the car yeah. so to then go over to electric motor you you lose that feedback that you get from the car and for me that's what i enjoy about driving yeah, they had um, they had electric. Was it an electric Mustang? I watched or something drifting, mm. and I was like, you can't, you can't hear it. The, you know, for me, the whole point of drifting is you're absolutely limiter bashing. Or you know, like wow, wow, wow. You can't. Mm. It's just weird. It, it's surreal. Like a milk float. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> 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 what, what's yeah. your opinion of? Um, I know there's a few garages going back to sort of the classic sort of things. We wanted to talk about what your advice would be for the audience who might be into restoration. But first, Mm. what sort of what's your opinion on the garages? Because I've seen a few of them that are putting electric engines into classic cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a market for it for classic cars that aren't worth a lot of money. Um, You shouldn't. For, on my, per, my personal opinion, you shouldn't be putting electric generators or motors into an Aston DB6 or any Ferrari or anything like that. I mean, if you're going to put one in a Mini or a Beetle or an MGB, fair enough. There's, you know, two to a dozen of those ones. I think with the whole um, and what I learned on my course as well, electric and hybrids, there are so many safety features on on them from manufacturers that I'm not sure classic car um people put in which would worry me a little bit because the voltages involved in an electric car are huge they will kill you um and if they're not treated properly and they're not installed properly and they don't have the right safety measures i would be wary of getting them done you know the the projects i've looked at with electric would be complete like using a donor car and taking all the electric insides out of that and putting it into another car because it's got all the safety features it's got all the cutoffs it's got all the you know if you're in an accident you've got a hell of a lot of electricity just sitting there ready to it's, it's stored energy um you know it's everyone gets scared if a, a petrol car's in an accident but you know electric car is just if you sever anything or you get batteries or something bridges or it can be extremely dangerous and for me yes fine put electric motors and generators in classic cars absolutely fine as long as you know they're not the rare things with v12s and things like that but be very careful as to who you're getting to do it because there could be a real risk that things aren't done properly i think that's very good advice 
just don't get it done. <laughs> I like the sound of old cars. <laughs> classic, it's called a classic for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Oh, you got to move the times, haven't you? I mean, will we still have petrol and diesel available in 30, 40 years' time? I think we're gonna to have to because the, the classic car market's too too valuable to lose. You know, when you're talking of cars that have been sold for 20, 25 million, you can't just then say, Well, you can't use them now because we can't use petrol or diesel. So they've got to stick around i love my classic cars you know i love just everything about them i love their unreliability <laughs> the fact they drive rubbish some of them and they've got character the cars don't have character anymore yeah. classic cars you look at a classic car and you can name it and you can be like i mean i haven't named mine but i'm sure it will get a name but you you name your cars it's part of the ritual um you look at new cars and they all look the same it's i mean they're boring new cars are boring i mean technologically great but to look at boring. I mean, I've definitely named my car, even though it's not old. I mean, it's quite old, 2008, I think. Yeah. But not the type of classic you guys are after. I've called it Storm because it's Storm Grey, and it's only only one of 43 made in the UK that's Storm Grey. And I've always liked Storm from X-Men, so I called her Storm. So really original. (laughs) <laughs> where's storm at the moment sitting outside yeah she's all nice yeah. and cozy <laughs> so you like people talk about their cars and it's like an extension of their family you know and and that's why i mean i've had customers drop their car off and talk to the car before they've left it and be like don't you worry like you're in safe hands they're not gonna hurt you it's i mean mm-hmm. it, it sounds bonkers but people love their cars you know it doesn't matter what they are and they're just they are extension to the family you know they get people from a to b they take people to special places they have a a kind of a a time in history i hate getting rid of my cars i hate thinking that i'm selling my car to someone who might not treat it as well as i did um oh i agree with you i just sold my old car and even though it was a banger and if you're listening joe i'm sorry for this but my friend who bought my car within like two days she was uploading pictures of uh, herself sitting in my car with the dog on the back seats with no covers and I was like oh my god please no like yeah. you know always put a blanket down when the dog's going in the back don't ever sell your car to a mate because <laughs> then you'll see what they do to it yeah, yeah. you're right yeah. there well we've sort of um we've nattered on quite a fair bit we wanted to talk about the sort of first project you ever did and advice for people who who are starting projects but I think we're just going to have to probably have you on for another episode at this rate (laughs) do a project episode yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I don't know where the time's gone um we've talked a lot and you know what I would be absolutely honoured to get get you back on um I'm fine with that (laughs) I can talk forever (laughs) yeah I, I think we do have quite a lot to talk about and you know this episode for me has just been in- interesting because um, obviously people think that we're about motorsport and we're not. Um, we're, there's very much an automotive base and, you know, I'm trying to push that more. And I think you're a great example of automotive. Um, that's why I wanted to get you on. Um, I think we'll, um, we'll do the bit where if you've been following our podcast um, for this long the last question or the last thing we do is um we're creating a driver playlist so we're asking mm-hmm. each guest for a song choice 
Um, <laughs> yes. No yes. Um, so, what song can you pick, and is there a reason behind it? Um, God, you know what? I mainly listen to. I actually listen to podcasts when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm driving, I suppose if I'm doing a bit of a spirited drive, I'll listen to something. Oh, something probably something like dancey and I can't think what it's called now I was listening to Green Day the other day which is quite different for me so like American Idiot I was listening to that um but anything like Ibiza dance music I'll listen to that or it to be honest my freelander at the moment the radio someone something's not right with it so it always it's the best radio station I get is classical <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Just chill. yeah, it chills me out. I finish work. To be honest, I live right near where I work at the moment. I'm moving house soon. So I don't really get a chance to, to listen to the radio. My Porsche radio doesn't... I don't ever put the radio on in the Porsche. I love the sound of it. So I have no reason to put the radio on. <laughs> but, right, um, choose an IB for classic then. If we'll go with that, choose like a dance anthem. Oh, we haven't got anything like that yet. Oh, I can no. think of one straight away. I can think of like the tune, but I can't think of who sings it. Give, give us a bit. It's like Arm Van Helden or something like that. Is it? Yeah, something like that. That'll be right. <laughs> just, <laughs> just anything that reminds me of the summer, especially at the moment. Um, or I used to really like Garage, so like Barcelona. Oh, I love Garage. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> a bit Craig David. <laughs> so have I got to choose one? Yeah. Yeah, oh, choose God. one song. Um, Go for Craig. Set You Free by... Um, yes. Is it Entrance? Yes, that's the one. That one. That is yeah. an absolute banger. Yeah. We'll put that <laughs> And my Freelander's actually got sub as well. I mean, I don't, it must be in factory. So I get some tunes out of my Freelander. I've got a card <laughs> that looks like it takes the kids to school, but it actually ba- like bangs out some real good bass on it. So um, yeah, that, that's the summer tune. I might play that tomorrow when I get to work. <laughs> Me too now. Me too. <laughs> right. Well, Hannah. It's it's been amazing to have you on as a guest. Um, so grateful to have you on. Um, you know I'm a fan. I've told you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So have you, have you got anything to add? Yeah. It, honestly, it's been very enlightening for me, and um, as someone trying to sort of learn a bit of mechanics here and there when I can. It's been really um, really insightful. So thank you so much for coming on. No and hopefully we do get that second episode with you. Yeah, I might have some progress on my build. I'm buying stuff all the time for it, so there's <laughs> stuff that... I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to go together. I'm, I'm winging I'm winging this project, um, which I think are the best projects when you wing them. Well, we'll check in with you soon then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Anna. No worries. Bye. Bye. And that is episode six completed. We hope you enjoyed listening to our chat with Hannah as much as we enjoyed rambling about electric cars and everything mechanical. Feel free to send us a message with any questions you might have for her. As always, if you want to show some love for our podcast, then feel free to like, share, subscribe, share, do anything, just, you know, get it out there. But Most of all, thank you for listening to the Be Put Velocity podcast and stay tuned for next week's episode. Catch you later, Sophie. Bye, Dad. Engineered. Driven. Created. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.